Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We also want to invite you to attend one of our upcoming events. Our mother-daughter retreat on July 19th and 20th, our mother-son retreat on August 2nd and 3rd, and our summer college night on August 5th at 7 p.m. For more information about these events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. This teaching has surprised me. We originally planned to have this women's event in February. Had we had it in February, I would have taught something completely different. And so I sat down to start preparing for this and, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? Really what I was saying is what battle are we fighting this weekend? Because my makeup is about point me to the direction of the next big fight, right? Because I am all about that. I do it all the time terrified, but the best way I know to tackle something that seems too big for us, overwhelming, that can induce a little bit of fear, is to just do it really fast. And that's kind of the way that I feel like I live, is like, okay, we won that one, where are we going next? But quiet, still, reflective moments give me a great amount of anxiety. And so the Lord has been talking to me a lot about it isn't about your performance and I don't care if everything gets checked off the list, right? It is about where is your focus and if you're not doing ministry and family and church out of the overflow of your relationship with me, then that's not going to go well either, And so when I started praying about what we were going to talk about this weekend, and the Lord had me list, who do you say I am? What are the descriptive words that you have for me? And that's the list that I made. And the word that the Lord gave me was, I am a romantic. And none of us in here chose that as our descriptive word. Um, Melanie came pretty close to it. But the Lord said, I am a romantic. And just like Mallory said during worship when she said, I want you to hear the Lord sing this over you. I think it's a lot easier for us to say things to the Lord like, I adore you. I love you, Lord. Right? It's easier for us to say them than to listen for him to say them to us. However, he is saying loving, comforting, friendly, romantic words over you all the time. And so today, as we go through this afternoon, I want you to flip the switch and become a listener. Because I believe that he's going to say some things to you about you about how he sees you, about how he wants to be in relationship with you. Something else that I think we have to recognize is that there is nothing here that we live and experience that he duplicates. But he uses terms that we can understand to express and duplicate things that are happening in heaven and from his perspective. So you understand that when he calls himself a bridegroom, 
He isn't duplicating what we view as marriage, bride and groom, and trying to duplicate that in heaven. He is saying, I am the bridegroom, you are the bride. You understand it because you, most of us live that out here in reality in a marriage relationship. But our marriages and our families are a duplication of what he is establishing in heaven, not vice versa. So I'm not talking about anything weird or anything like that, but I am talking about intimate, romantic communion that the Lord wants to have with you personally. And he speaks to you that way. He uses um, examples of marriage and wedding and family because he's trying to communicate to you the way that he feels about you. And so today, I want you to listen to the things that he would say directly to you about the way he sees you and about the way he wants your relationship to move, okay? Um, Genesis 2.18 says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper for him. Um, this was when God had created Adam. They lived in the garden. It was a perfect situation all the way around. Only God said something is missing because there needed to be that helper. There needed to be the two in order for things to be perfect. Um, I want to give you the definition of romantic because we are going to talk about romance today. The definition of romantic is to be conducive to or characterized by the expression of love. God has always communicated with us about family, about marriage, and about relationship because he is relational. He is uh, desiring to meet with us in an intimate way. He created mankind so that he could love us, so that he would have a family. Do you know that the Lord calls you his inheritance? You are his inheritance. Um, I want us to look at the story of Isaac and Rebekah. This is going to be in Genesis chapter 24. Um, but let me just kind of give you a little bit of a background to this story. Abraham was getting older and Sarah had just died. Um, another very precious um, relationship in the word is Isaac's relationship with Sarah. Um, she was his mom and he would have been her only son and she waited a very long time uh, for Isaac you'll remember and they were very close and when Sarah died Isaac had a very hard time getting over losing his mom and so Sarah has passed away Abraham is getting older um, and Isaac is not married and so Abraham decides that it is time to find a wife for Isaac and he sends a servant back home because he wants Isaac to marry a hometown girl. And he says, go and find um, Isaac a wife. And he even, Abraham thinks that he could possibly pass away before the servant even returns with his wife, right? So here goes the servant. 
He carries a bride price with him. Um, he's going to give this to uh, this young woman's family when he finds her. But can you imagine the pressure of choosing a wife for Isaac, Abraham's son of the promise, right? And so here he goes. And I mean, it, the, you should read this story because he's like, God, help me, right? And all I know to do is ask for water. And whichever girl says she'll give my camel some water too, I'm going to believe that's her. So please, God, right? And so he walks up. He sees Rebecca. He asks her for some water. And sure enough, she says, I'll give you some water and I'll water your camels too. And so um, he goes to her home that night, meets her parents, uh, says to her, um, and this was also Laban. Y'all heard Laban Jacob's coming down the line. He's the brother to Rebecca. Um, and, and so the servant says, hey, this is the story. I'm here to find a wife. I think Rebecca is it. Would you let her go back with me? And they agree. Um, and back they come. And here's where I want to pick up and read. This is Genesis 24, verse 62. Now Isaac had returned and was dwelling in the Negev, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward the evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel, and she said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and she covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. And then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and he took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but it is believed to be this story uh, where we got the tradition of a bride veiling herself. This is the first demonstration of that happening. And I want us to think a little bit about what we see in this story. First, we see a father that desires a bride for his son. A son accounted as dead, yet he lived. You'll remember that Isaac was the one that Abraham took up on the mountain and was going to sacrifice until God provided uh, that lamb uh, that took his place. We see a servant that was sent out to bring the bride back. The word says that Rebekah was beautiful. She was a beautiful and pure bride. A bride price was paid and she veiled her face and then he took her as his bride and he loved her. So there are many parallels between the story of Isaac and Rebekah and the story of our bridegroom and us as the bride of Christ. Because there is a father that desires a bride for his son. And Jesus is oftentimes referred to as the bridegroom and you as the bride. A bride price was paid for you and his desire is to take you as his own. So I want us to think a little bit about romantic stories. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time to share at your table. And then I want you to 
share with us again. Um, I thought of some that I've heard along the way. One was um, there was a college couple. They had dated for a long time, and the young man was a football player. And um, during a regular game, the girlfriend is watching, you know, in the stands, and her, her boyfriend is not suited up. And she's thinking, oh, my gosh, I wonder if, if he's hurt, what happened? I didn't know anything. And right before the game is to start, on a white horse in rides this knight. And he has the whole armor on. And he rides up right to where she's sitting, lifts up his thing, and it's her boyfriend, and he proposes to her uh, right there on that football field. Um, another incredible story that just happened, uh, those of you that know Paige Spencer, Tommy and Lana's daughter, incredible engagement story. Uh, Paige went over to England to serve in a ministry. She met this awesome young man. Um, they've been dating. Um, it was kind of understood. Everyone knew they were going to get engaged. Her parents travel over to England to meet this boy and meet his family. Everyone thinks the engagement's surely going to happen while her parents are over there. It doesn't. Um, he, they come home. Paige is coming home for six weeks to visit her, her family. And so her Sweet boyfriend, Josh, takes her to the airport in London, puts her on a plane, and she comes home. Well, an hour and a half after she gets on that plane, he has his mom follow them to the airport with his bags. He is on a flight an hour and a half after her. He comes here um, making a video all along the way of how he feels about her, the plan, you know, blah, blah, blah. He sends the video to her, and um, as she's watching the video, at the end of the video, it says, go to the door. Knock, knock, knock. He's at the door on his knee. And most incredible, beautiful story ever, ever, ever. Um, another story that I wrote down is there was a girl who had dated a young man for a long time, and... Um, it came time for him to propose, and when he did, he presented her with a box. And she opened up the box, and it just had a ton of folded up little pieces of paper in it. And she started opening the pieces of paper, and one would say, uh, January 3rd was our first date, and you wore a blue dress. Another piece of paper would say, March 15th, uh, we had our first fight, and that's when I realized how much I really love you. And there was a piece of paper for every single time they had been together throughout like a two-year-long relationship. Um, and he was just expressing to her that he would always take notice and things would always be special. And they lived happily ever after. So all of these, and I want you guys to do some discussion questions um, are examples of divine pursuit. And I want you to do these discussions, but I want you to also keep in mind that there are things that happen every day in your normal average life that we don't recognize that are Christ's divine pursuit for your 
time and intimate affection. I don't know if you've ever gotten up and seen a sunrise that just absolutely takes your breath away. Or if you are having just a terrible morning and your very favorite song comes on the radio. Or at just the right time, your friend texts you a scripture that fits exactly what you're experiencing at that moment. I want us to start realizing that the Lord uses opportunities not just occasionally, but every day to reach out to you and to speak value to you and to love you. The word says, there's a scripture that says, I will lure her to the desert to love her. And there are other translations that say, I will lure her to the desert to speak tenderly to her. And I think that understanding the divine pursuit, that he will never stop pursuing us, no matter how hard and fast we run, he will pursue us and he sees us differently than we see ourselves. He sees the potential of who we can become and the beauty of who he can transform us into. Um, and he is a romantic. And I want us to continue this afternoon to just allow our hearts and minds to be open to him loving us and speaking tenderly to us because these stories that were shared are not the only ones you have your own and there will be many more because it is his delight to love you I want to end this session by reading to you a little section out of my favorite Christmas book by Max Lucado. This is Ephesians 3, and it says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend all with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Would you do what Jesus did? He swapped a spotless castle for a grimy stable. He exchanged the worship of angels for the company of killers. He nursed from a breast and was clothed in a diaper. If you were God, would you? I wouldn't, but Christ did. If you knew that those you loved would laugh in your face, would you still care? If you knew the tongues that you made would mock you, the mouths that you made would spit at you, and the hands that you made would crucify you, would you still make them? Jesus did. He humbled himself. He went from commanding angels to sleeping in straw, from holding stars to clutching Mary's finger. Why? Because that's what love does. It puts the beloved before itself. Your soul was more important than his blood. Your eternal life was more important than his earthly life. Your place in heaven was more important to him than his place in heaven. So he gave up his so you could have yours. He loves you that much. And because he loves you, you are a prime importance to him. 
Love goes the distance, and Christ traveled from limitless eternity to be confined by time in order to become one of us. He didn't have to. Any step along the way, he could have called it quits. And when he saw the size of the womb, he could have stopped. When he saw how tiny his hand would be, how soft his voice would be, how hungry his tummy could get, he could have stopped. The first time he scraped his knee or tasted burnt bagels, he could have walked out. And when he saw the dirt floor of his Nazareth house, when Joseph gave him a chore to do, when his fellow students were dozing off during the reading of the Torah, his Torah, at any point Jesus could have said, that's it, I'm going home. But he didn't. He didn't because he is love. Think about that for a moment. Drink deeply from it. Don't just sip. It's time to gulp. It's time to let his love cover all things in your life, all secrets, all hurts, all hours of evil, minutes of worry. His love will cover all of it, every promise broken, drug taken, penny stolen, every crossword, cuss word, and harsh word. His love covers all things. Let it. Discover along with the psalmist, he loads me with love and mercy. Picture a giant dump truck full of love. There you are behind it. God lifts the bed until the love starts to slide. Slowly at first, then down, down, down until you're hidden, buried, and covered in his love. Do it for his sake, for the peace of your heart, and do it for their sake, for the people in your life. Let his love fall on you so yours can fall on them. God, we thank you for just the precious ways that you love us. We thank you, God, that you see us as valuable and beautiful and precious. I thank you, Lord, that even your descriptive words that you use of yourself as our protector, our provider, our comforter, our friend, our lover, all of those gods speak of your romantic affection and desire for intimacy in our lives. God, I ask that you would change our perspective so that we become very comfortable not only loving you, but being loved by you. Lord, we just give you the rest of this time. We invite your presence to be here. We celebrate you as our bridegroom. And we are honored and humbled to be called your bride. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.